Welcome to Thriving Your Love, a podcast where we will guide and help you improve your most precious relationships in life. This podcast is produced and hosted by certified emotionally focused therapist, Claudio Vargas Silva, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Trisha Kim Walsh, also licensed marriage and family therapist. All right, viewers, listeners, welcome back to Thriving Your Love. We are doing a part two to the worst of fears. We just talked about the dynamics, Claudio, within our emotionally focused therapy lens of what happens in emotions for pursuers and withdrawers and how just a moment ago, we were talking about the layers within fear and how deep down inside of us, there is a longing and a need and a desire for us to be acceptable, to feel lovable, to feel worthy of the love of our partner. But we do certain things that contribute to either pushing away and criticizing, protesting, getting critical, or in the efforts and the pursuits of remaining connected to your partner, the withdrawer, for example, may shut down, may get quiet, may distract, and every effort to keep the peace. And so we are going to continue this amazing discussion around the power of fear and naming the antidote, which is vulnerability and how this is the paradox, Claudio. This is so hard to get to a place of, I I will show this of myself. And how do I trust that you will not use this against me is what the pursuer will say. So that's a bit of a recap of what we spoke to yes, just in our last podcast, and we're going to build on it. So welcome back. We can't wait to talk about this with you. Claudio. Yes. Yes. And while you're saying, uh, I, uh, I am remembering something here that we talked as well, and we can build up a little bit more now because when the pursuer feels like he's losing the withdrawal, the withdrawal is distancing, is going away. So this makes the pursuer feel insecure and thinking, I'm losing. I'm losing. I, I don't want to lose. I have seen some couples that I help. So in their pursuers asking, are you okay? Is there something happening? Are you upset at me? Sometimes these questions get the withdrawal upset. And then it, they enter the cycle. Because as you said, the fear of the vulnerability can you imagine, if instead of asking those questions, are, are we okay? Are you okay? Are you mad at me? Did something happen? But say, I'm noticing you different. And I wonder if something's happening because when it happens, I'm afraid of losing you. I become insecure because you are so important to me. And I can't imagine myself losing you. That would be really horrible because I really love you. That would be a more vulnerable way of asking. And it becomes more clear to the withdrawer. Oh, okay. Those questions have to do with me being important. And because they love me, because they don't want to lose me. So it sounds so different. But that's what you are saying. The fear of the vulnerability If I show what is underneath these questions, I will sound maybe weak. I will sound dependent and they are not going to like me. We we see that there is the fear of vulnerability. That is the fear of losing. So 
which shows that, as we said yesterday, showing vulnerability or being vulnerable and showing our deep feelings, we need a lot of courage to do that. It's a risk. And if you are courageous, you're not weak. If you're courageous, you are strong. And this is the paradox that when you accept your fears, when you really accept them and you show them, you are being courageous. And how can you be at the same time fearful and courageous, right? So that's the paradox. It's a beautiful paradox. And for the other person listening, oh, wow, you're afraid of losing me. Oh my goodness, that means I'm important to you. That, that means that you love me. <laughs> so the response is positive, right, Trisha? Absolutely. It, it, there's something so tender and beautiful about exposing your heart. It really is symbolically saying you have all of me. You don't just have the best of me, but you have the fears of me. And the fears of me is that you've been part of my life. You are part of my world that contributes to me feeling safe. And the idea of losing you is scary for me to tell you how much you mean to me how much I want you to see that everything in my life is contributed to your presence. Your presence gives me joy. And when things are not going well in a relationship, it is really courageous to say to the partner, this is, this is what hurt me. How often, and I'm asking you viewers, listeners to be thinking about that is how often do you say to your partner without anger and without pulling away um, about telling your partner about the hurt and about the pain. You know, we just don't go there and we don't go there because we are fearful that it can be used against us by either being, a, by appearing as if we're needy or too much or making too big of a deal of it. And it does bring back memories of the past when by our caretakers people that were very important to us in our life, maybe even our exes that said, you are too much. You are too needy. I, I mean, Claudio, I've been told these things by a parent and I've certainly been told this by an ex. And so when my heart was shown to say, hear how much I love you and need you. And I was told don't, then it causes you to pull away and say, oh, I showed that and that didn't feel okay. That didn't feel good. That also was not a healthy relationship for me to be in at the time with that person. Also, parents can sometimes say, I don't know what to do with this fear because I'm fearful of this fear. So I'm naming Claudio. There is so many layers to fear and it is a beautiful paradox is when you are safe enough to tell your partner, I can come to you and say how much I, you mean to me, that the idea of disappointing you is so much that I cannot even bear disappointing you that I will turn away. I will shut down or I get angry at myself. And then you see my anger rather than you see my pain. Yeah. You know that you saying this now and you making the connection also with our childhood and our relationship with our attachment figures in our childhood. I remembered one case that I was talking to a family in my office and they were immigrants. The child was saying about his fear that his mom could be sent back 
to her place of origin, to another country. And this child started crying. And when he started crying, his mom started laughing at him. It was really sad because she couldn't really see the preciousness of this child's feelings and how this child was being really vulnerable. But she told me a story of her childhood that her parents, they came to this country and left her with her uncle and aunt, and they treated her like a maid. They would have their own children eating with them at the table, and even this person's parents would send money and to take care of her and her siblings, but the family used that money in their own children while uh, that client of mine and her siblings, they were working from 5 a.m., getting water from outside to the house and working on the field since they were like five years old. So she didn't have her own feelings being accepted by her uncle and aunt. How many times she might have cried, she might have said about her pain. That wasn't accepted, that wasn't honored. Now she couldn't honor her own child's crying of a fear of losing her. And then we see what happens because this child that is showing their feelings and mom is not being there to accept is going to be so afraid of showing feelings in the future. And that's what we see that might happen to us as well. It's a beautiful story, Claudio. I really appreciate you for sharing this with our listeners because it's a reminder of the stories that we hold in our hearts. And it's so rich with culture. It's so rich with survival. It's so rich with love. You know, I'm just reminded of how at such an early age we learn the language of love is contingent on our survival. So we're constantly looking at cues. We're constantly looking at facial expressions, tone of voice, body language. Most of my clients, Claudio, the, the vignette, the, the case that you describe is filled with trauma. And that is a reminder to our viewers that your partner has traumas, has injuries of what we call attachment injuries. I meant re referenced that in the last podcast that we know nothing about. So understand that behind the fear is a pain of rejection and abandonment that your partner may not have shared with you. And I found Claudio in my own couples therapy work that I've had with my husband is hearing the story of your partner and hearing the vulnerability to share a story like this brings the partners closer together. And often they will say, I did not know that. I did not know that happened to you. And then I ask as the therapist, what is it like for you to hear your partner share this experience? And they say, I feel closer. I feel like I want to hug him, her. I want to kiss them. I want to hold their hand. And I say, tell me more about that. And they say, well, I just think they got through that really difficult time. And that must have been so hard. I, if I was only there for you, I would have comforted you. I would have taken care of that little boy, that little girl. And then tears come down the partner's eyes. Usually that response is the other partner says, I didn't want to share this with you because I was afraid or fearful that you would say, this is too much. 
this is too much drama. This is too much of the story that tells me that these painful, terrible things happen in our, in your life that we close off on, but Mm -hmm. instead it brings the couple together. And in fact, that partner will say, learning this more about me, not only made me closer to you, but I had more respect, more admiration. I felt that you were courageous, not that you were weak. And and, uh, you say now, I'm also remembering that when we are helping couples and when we see that they are really getting more connected and getting better is when they start having more courage to open up. They start risking. They really can jump the cliff. They are still afraid. But the thing is that they accept more their own feelings. Yeah. But I was thinking, right? Like, if my parents, if the, if the attachment figures in my childhood didn't accept my feelings, if they laughed at me when I was crying, if they were saying that I was just a baby, uh, that I was like a spoiled, so it's very risky now because my partner might not accept me either. So there's so much fear to open up. And also, like we see that anger, anger happens a lot in, in relationships and the pursuer many times shows this anger as a protest. I, I don't want to lose you. You're going away from me. You are too indifferent. You're not giving me attention. You don't want to talk to me, right? So it comes that anger and they, they protest the distance and the withdrawer cannot see behind or underneath that anger, the love that is, you are important to me. I'm not going to lose you without a fight. I will fight for you. So in that anger shows the love and shows the fear of losing as well and shows the fear of being vulnerable because vulnerability might be too risky and I might lose. And I want to show power. And they think that with this power, they can hold the person, but it works really against them. The thing is, how the withdrawer can see that, right? Because from the withdrawer, we have another reality, a different reality. Because for the withdrawer, the withdrawer is distancing for the fear of arguments. If I stay here in this conversation, If I talk to my partner, I know that generally it doesn't work well. We end up fighting. And if we fight, I feel hurt. I may hurt my partner and we might hurt the relationship and I might lose her, lose her or him. So what happens? This is fear. So then the withdrawal distances from fear. Now, can you imagine, Trisha, if the withdrawer could understand that underneath that anger of the pursuer, underneath that the protest, there is also fear of losing, there is love. So my own fear prevents me from seeing your fear. So when we are in fear, we have a hard time looking 
and seeing the love in the other person, we cannot understand, we cannot empathize and have compassion towards the other person. We see the person as attacking me, as a threat, but we don't see that underneath that protest, that anger, that apparent strength is someone who feels so weak, so dependent, so alone, so sad, and so afraid of losing. And it happens that both the preserver and also the withdrawer, they cannot see the fear and the love in the other because the preserver also doesn't see the distance from the withdrawer as also being afraid of losing. If I stay here and I talk to you and we have a fight, I might lose you. By the way, you are complaining so much about me that I think that you are, I, I am actually at the point of losing you. And I don't want to threaten, you know, this thing, uh, uh, thing that I am right now holding our relationship. I want to be really, really careful because you're so important to me. So the pursuer doesn't see that distance, that paralysis, that still face, that underneath there's so much fear and so much love because the pursuer is so important to the withdrawer. Isn't that sad, right, friend? <laughs> it is so sad. And yet there's something so reassuring in recognizing what fear is, is love is fear and fear is love is that you said something, Claudio, that really stood with me is the fight, is the fight for the love, the fight for the closeness, which ends up pushing away the withdrawer or the person who says, you're unhappy with me. And I so love this person. I don't want to be a disappointment. I don't want to feel like a failure. So I get quiet. I be, I'm careful. And it's because I love you. And I fear that I could lose you. I get quiet. And then, and the other partner is, I love you so much that I'm fighting for this relationship to, to continue to stay alive. And so there is a sadness and there is a reminder viewers, listeners, that we are telling you that this happens for all of us, that Claudio is, we're talking about, this has happened to us. So we're letting you know the good news to this is the antidote, is that vulnerability, is that we all have fears. This is our worst fear. All of us have this worst fear, more or less. And then what is it like for the withdrawer to hear from a pursuer, like me, I'm a pursuer, to say, the greatest fear I have is losing you. You are the most precious person in my life. There's no one that I want more in my life that you were irreplaceable, you were invaluable to me. What would that be like for my, in this case, husband to hear that? And in therapy, when we've had our sessions, he says, this feels good. I like this. I like this so much more than I like you criticizing me, trying to control me, trying to get big and making me feel like I can't deal with this. So I'm going away. Um, this meaning this conflict, not me, but in the cycle, I hear this is me. I'm not enough. So the pursuers out there, listen, listen to the remedy is the very thing we don't want to look at is the very thing we need to look at. And that is mm -hmm. our vulnerability and our fears matter. And you said something important because the withdrawer is not running away from the pursuer. They're running away from the possibility of having fights 
or criticism or complaint because they they see the, they see this as a threat to the relationship. That's their fear. Other thing too, like I was talking about the presur that doesn't want to reveal and be, be vulnerable and risk showing feelings. The same thing that with the door. Something that happens to with the doors is that they think, well, my partner is already upset at me. If I tell my fears, my pain, my sadness, that's going to be too much for my partner. I want to protect my partner from my own pain. It's interesting because then it causes a distance because the presumer will think, well, only I have problems in this relationship. So that means you are so self-confident, so put together up there and you can handle everything and I'm a mess. But the preserve doesn't know that the withdrawal is actually holding those things because they think that they should protect the preserve from their own fears and problems and pain. And especially sometimes for guys, and if they came from a culture that thought that men should be strong and they should always be there to protect their you know, partners. And then they think, well, if I'm a man, I shouldn't really show any fear or pain. I am here to be the hero. I am here just to help. I cannot show fear. I'm not going to be a man if I do that. She might be disappointed at me if I do that. She's not going to think that I am her hero. And you know, I have had like in some cases like that, women turn to their partners and say, I want to be your hero too. And that makes me feel important. It makes me feel like I have a purpose in this relationship and that you need me. So I feel stronger because I have been feeling so small, like so dependent, like only I have problems. And they don't see that underneath that wall, there is someone who feels also so dependent. And that's what we are talking about. If when they open up, each one opening up to the other, it brings closeness. It's not up there and distant anymore. No, we are here together. We are equal. We are human beings. We have the same fears. We need each other the same way. Absolutely. That's so beautiful, Gladio. I know as we're coming closer to the end of today's podcast episode, I just want to say the reminder to our, our listeners are there is another way. There's a better way. And that is showing up with fear is also showing up with love and your fears matter. And they are the greatest gift that we can give ourselves because it says I am connected to you. To, to lose that, anyone would fear the loss of a great love in their life. So Claudio, I think the message we really want to cover today is that it does change the relationship of the beliefs we have ourselves of not being good enough or being small or be, being invaluable or unworthy. Uh, we, we actually change our perceptions of ourselves. When we share our fears, we see ourselves different when we see our partner different. And that is a great thing. And we'll probably share more about that in future episodes to come. So thank you everyone for listening today. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We hope you'll join us soon again for our next episode of Thriving Your Love.